Hey everybody, one of your hosts, Zach here, um, just wanted to let everyone know that this episode, the episode where we talk about the devil all the time, deals with some dark subject matter. We talk about and discuss some, some of the themes of the devil all the time, and those are can be pretty dark. Um, the movie gravitates around generational violence, religious violence, sexual assault, self-harm, suicide... Um, pretty much any dark theme imaginable, this movie has it in it. It is a grim film, and we talk about it at lengths. So I wanted to let everyone know ahead of time, if you are uncomfortable with any of that stuff, it is totally understandable. We will see you all next week. I just wanted to let everyone know before we get into it that we do talk about some dark subjects in this episode. On a little bit of lighter note, the movie we reviewed was The Devil All the Time. I... I called it in the podcast a devil all the time way too many times, but it is the devil all the time. Um, so yeah, again, I just wanted to get out ahead of the podcast. Don't want to throw that on anyone who doesn't want to hear it. Completely understandable. So if you are skipping this episode, I hope you have a great week. I hope you stay excellent to each other and yourself. And we will be seeing you next week where we review the Italian film Eight and a Half. But for those of you sticking around, I hope you enjoy the show. Bye. Not doing bad is is good. Yeah, not doing bad, good. <laughs> okay, let's start this podcast. Um, any last words you want to say before we start? Anything? <laughs> any any bit? Any bit you want to do? That's been on top no, of your mind. Because I'm sure this is about to get serious. Uh, should we start with a disclaimer? Like oh movie. yeah, we're about to be talking about a. Are you talking about spoilers? Uh, well, not. I mean, yeah. As usual, we're gonna spoil anything and everything, but in regards to this movie in particular. Yeah. So, um, we're spoiler alert for WandaVision, uh, season finale coming to America too. I can't just say coming to America because like the two is the you know guys know it. And um, a devil all the time, and also kind of a warning: a devil all the time is a very dark movie, so we're probably gonna be talking about some dark subject matter. Wanted to throw that come down. Matter, movie is incredibly dark. Self harm, so trigger warning. And sexual abuse, and it, it's a dark movie. Um, yeah. So content warning for anyone who doesn't want to hear that stuff. We will be talking about that. Um, probably not too in detail, but we. It's hard to talk about that movie without talking about. I think it's worth just noting that it's there. Yes, or exactly. Disclaimer. Just like when we play dark tabletop role playing games. Disclaimer. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so anyway, let's get started with this. I was trying to think if I, what else, if there's anything, but spoiler alerts, and um, spoiler uh, alerts, we're, I'm going to probably talk about Lola Bunny. It's going to get weird. Um, I don't know what that is, but we should, uh, you know, I think we should just say, like, if you don't want anything in the world to be spoiled, <laughs> this is the wrong place to be. Right, which is good. In a lot of bases. I think maybe I'm going to make a bot for next episode that pops that up just in case someone jumps into the podcast randomly, like mm-hmm. sees us streaming and jumps in and, and I'm describing the final scenes to a movie. <laughs> so Spoiler heavy in all regards. We yeah. spoil video games, movies, you know. Uh, sh- can I just edit my stream title? I'm just going to put that because we are going to be talking about WandaVision. I don't know how people haven't seen it yet. That's true. I'm going to change. I'll put spoiler warnings and slash content warning. 
Because that is a very good point. I wasn't even thinking about the content warning about a devil all the time, but that movie is incredibly dark. Yeah, after I watched it again, I was like, oh yeah, uh, this is a good movie, but it is kind of fucked up. Yeah, we'll talk. <laughs> I watched it at like 3 a.m. and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, we'll, but we'll get to that point. How did you tag yours? I just did, um... I just added, uh, in parentheses, spoiler warning slash content warning. Um... I think that's good enough. I if like someone is kind of like I like understandably like I'm an agoraphobe, so I avoid medical things. So if someone has a content warning, I'm like ah, maybe I shouldn't go in. So mm-hmm. I think that's good. And if someone comes in and asks what kind of content, I will explain. Yeah. All right. Officially updated and all is well. I need to turn my overlay off. And I feel in better conscious actually having that out there now that you said that because. It's better to address that right away. I don't want people. To, I don't want people to like join in and like immediately be like, "Oh shit." Yeah, I wouldn't want people to think we're talking about like a super happy-go-lucky movie called. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, a devil all the time. I mean, yeah. Um, but anyway, let's before we get into a devil all the time, uh, we need to start the podcast. I almost like jumped the into the devil all the time. <laughs> what did I say? A devil all the time. Uh, devil. You know, not the devil. A uh, devil. Uh, a devil all the time. Uh, let's start the podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to uh, Ruining Movies with Zach, that's me, and Shane, that's him. That's um, me. This is the podcast where we talk about a movie of the week, uh, which one of us choose, and then uh, with the help of you, you beautiful audience, uh, you help us ruin it by making us remake the movie or make it a sequel or prequel in the genre of your choice that happens to the end of the episode. Before we get into the movie, um, where we discuss it, we do talk about the movie and uh, our thoughts on it. Um, we also kind of go over the movie trailers of the week, uh, any movie news, any television news, kind of anything going on in that realm uh, for the first half, and then the second half we are discussing the movies. But hello, welcome in, we're glad you are here. Um, oh, what you said, I second that. Yeah, yeah, got him. Um, so I, uh, we, uh, this episode is, uh, going to be a pretty content heavy episode. Like mm-hmm. if like, if I would like have to describe how much content this is, this is like Scrooge McDuck diving into content is how much content is going to be in this, this episode. Um, we are going to talk about WandaVision. The finale happened last week. Um, we are going to talk about coming to America two, which also came out last week. Um, and there's also some news. I'm just like hung up on this Scrooge McDuck thing. It was a, I, I think it's a good metaphor, maybe. I don't know. But you know, like he dives into a bunch of gold coins, just remove the gold coins and make it content. Okay, okay. okay. That's where now, I was going. It probably doesn't make sense, but it's fine. No, I needed a picture to match the thought, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, before we get into talking about uh, WandaVision and coming to America, let's talk about news what's popping up around the interwebs what's going on in the industry uh anything that you want to talk about specifically um first uh not particularly nothing is like flying to the forefront of my mind i do agree though it's been an incredibly media heavy weekend yeah there's like at first i was like yeah there's not too much going on but there's actually a bit decent like amount of stuff happening this last week Oh, I mean, I I keep throwing this out there. I'm very excited for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I know not a lot of people are, but I'm pretty hyped for it. I'm I, I'm pretty I I'm debating if I want to want to if I want to do it weekly like I did WandaVision, or if I want to wait till the end and binge it all. That's but I, I'm gonna watch it all. Um, yeah, maybe I'll watch the first episode see how I feel. 
I'm gonna go a week at a time because only because it seems like that's how they're moving forward. Like with whatever yeah. comes between this and Loki, there's probably it's probably going to be a weekly series. I don't know if it's what if or something else, but yeah, that is true. Um, is that coming out this week or next week? Next Friday. Next Friday. Okay. Um, nineteen. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I think um I think it'll be a good blockbuster. I mean blockbuster popcorn type action i think it will be it'll be fun it'll be entertaining i think i'm trying to put my words together right now it's not really working um if it's like winter soldier i think it's gonna be good that's the sentence i was trying to create in my head if it's like kind of more of like a spy thriller um yeah action um then i think it will be good i'm excited mainly just because of like what WandaVision did for like giving me a little bit on after the the snap. Yeah, like, the blip. Just exci- yeah, the the blip, the snap. It's all the same to me, man. People turned to the death. snap crackle pop. <laughs> People disappeared into nothing. Call exactly. it whatever you want. <laughs> um but yeah, so like I'm just excited to get more stories about uh, people after that and it just so happens yeah. that they're doing characters that didn't really get all that fleshed out during the movies that is true that is true i think um it is an interesting also concept um with captain america being gone spoilers mm-hmm. the end game but that movie's ancient at this point um yeah it's, it looks like it's gonna have this like i feel like it's gonna be like a, a buddy cop film where they're like right having these like bickering things over like who's gonna be the next captain america Exactly. It should be. It'll be fun. I like the bad guy in it. I think he's was good in the Civil War, and he's yeah, back. yeah, Helmut Zemo. Yeah, I think uh, his I whole purple mask. Oh, I'm very excited for that. That's gonna be a, a big moment. That's gonna make a lot of people friggin' freak out. Yeah, I like his whole. I like. I like his motivation. His whole take that like <laughs> superheroes aren't good. That they create more problems. I mean, it's what the boy does. The boys do. I was gonna say he's basically uh, Huey. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm excited. We honestly, I'll probably watch the first episode and then kind of fig- feel it out there. But like at this point, like I'm probably gonna be up Thursday nights at 3 a.m. anyway. I might as well just watch it. I mean, I'm usually waiting up to like f- four or five to watch the Superstore episode anyway, <laughs> because usually I'm working until then. Yeah. Um, so maybe I'll just watch it. Um, we'll see. Um, talking about the boys, um, I just saw that uh, season three is now filming. Nice. I that's am good. excited. Uh, that's for... awesome. Yeah, I love the boys. That was has been such an excellent show. It's probably been I, one of it, my favorite shows in the last five years. Yeah, it it's great, and I had like I had no exposure to the source material. Same. I, I I didn't read the comics or anything. I mean, I started reading the comics after um, season one, and I mean the comics are even more brutal than the television show. But like, you can't get away with stuff. You could get away with the comics because sure. first of all, it's unrealistic to film yeah, with uh, like true. the budget you have, and some of it is like literally five panels of people being like tore limb from limb. You're just not gonna brutal. get that. Even though the boys is still pretty brutal for the television show, it is. I think it has some interesting plot lines. I'm excited to see where they're going with the whole government plotline next arc. Yeah, I definitely like where it's headed. I, I definitely like where it's been. It's just it's been a good ride. I think it's a good. It's comparing to Marvel. It is like a good critique on 
not only super it's a good critique on a lot of things mm-hmm. um I, I like honestly i think it is probably one of the more social conscious tv shows out there now that likes to it like it has a lot to say but it's also very entertaining at the same time which can be pretty hard to do sometimes which i think is good yeah i agree um yeah so talking about a movie that probably doesn't have a lot to say but will probably still be entertaining uh we got the new images for the new space jam (laughs) we did yeah you haven't seen them they're actually like really h high definition (laughs) like cg i'm like was when I first saw it, like, I was actually kind of blown away with, like, how good it looked. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I, like, I'm sorry, I, I can't, I can't bring myself to be enthused yet. Oh, yeah, I'm not enthused. I, I mean, I'll watch it. I love the first Space Jam a lot. Send me a pick, bro. Okay, I'll send you a. Plug. I guess I can just look it up. Hold on. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'll discard it to you too. Like that's an image of bugs, and like the New Jersey, they still look kind of cool. Um, I'll give it to that. Um, but we really haven't seen much of it. I know, like a lot of people are mad that like Lola Bunny isn't as sexy. All I have to say to that is stop being weird, people. Yeah. Stop fuck? being fucking weird on Twitter. I what swear to God, fuck? social media rots people's brains. Just like stop being weird. Why do you do this? It's a goddamn cartoon rabbit. It doesn't even look like a cartoon. Honestly, right? It looks so like, even if we're talking about like the context of Space Sham and if it'll be a good movie or not, um, that is some crazy CGI. Yeah, that the uh, like that, that is. Makes me think of Sonic. Right, but like I think the design's better than Sonic. I'll give it that. Yeah, yeah. No, I just mean like the the style of it ah it's so weird and don Cheadle's in it so like i like don Cheadle. yeah lebron's in it we'll see if lebron can act i guess he's lebron's been in stuff before where he's been decent in acting i've never seen anything uh, he's been in he was in that movie with that lady what's her name amy yeah amy schumer that that lady that makes all the vagina jokes oh yeah i didn't see that um I, I do not think she's funny. I, I think that's but a general anyway. con- I think a general consensus is she's not funny. I think you'll find more people who think she's not funny, which I agree with. I don't think she's funny either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we should dig into this here. It's fine. I, I don't really have a total opinion on LeBron. You know, he's a good basketball player, so like he's he fits the role for the updated iteration of the film. Yeah. Right. When I think of like who could replace Michael Jordan in a New Age Space Jam, LeBron is the first person that comes. Right. To my no, mind. I mean it. It makes sense. It, it makes sense. I, I. Um. We'll see. I mean, if anything, it might be a good film for kids. Which I mean, that's why people making Hold the Bunny fucking sexualized is fucking weird. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> Gotta say that. <laughs> Just people stop. That's a weird thing. You're breaking my brain with all this new information. There's a new yeah. Space Jam. People are attracted to this cartoon thing. Well, I mean, the Lola Bunny thing, people have been attracted since from the 90s, but it's still weird. Yeah, that's why you were talking about Lola Bunny. That's what yeah, you Yeah, that's meant. what I meant. Yeah. Wow. Space Jam. It's all, it's all coming together. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I think uh, it looks... Visually, it looks interesting, um, which I wasn't expecting think it yeah, pops I mean, like it pops 
it definitely uh, pops. That animation's crazy. The there's bright colors. It has an interesting style. That's what I will say. Like, um, if it'll be any good, who knows? I'll probably watch it. I mean, I've seen Space Jam at midnight. It's a movie from my childhood. I enjoyed it. If um, it does for this generation of kids, what the original Space Jam did for me, it will make a whole new generation of kids appreciate basketball a little bit more. Absolutely. And I, I that's a good point. Space Jam, if you watch it now, it is kind of very cheesy, but I mean, it's the Looney Tunes. I'm all for people watching the Looney Tunes in 2021 and also getting like an appreciate. Like if someone looks at this movie and likes it, good. That's the, yeah. that's what the movie should be for. That's what the movie I, is for. I love the original Space Jam. It's like what drew me into basketball as like a three or four year old kid. Yeah. You know, and uh, now as a you know twenty something year old adult. Uh, that hasn't touched a basketball in years. Yeah, same. <laughs> uh, I can appreciate that they're they're trying to motivate people to check their shit out again because I love the original Space Jam, and that's all I've got to say about that. Yeah, that's and that's stop pretty being weird about Lola Bunny. You yeah, just stop weird. fucking being fucking weird. Right. <laughs> yeah, like I guess like the backlash is like she's not as sexy as the '90s one, which shouldn't even be a conversation we should be having. Right. Just chill the fuck out. Jesus. Anyone out in my chat who feels offended by this, I'm sorry, but you're stop being a weirdo. I'm sorry, you feel like you have to be sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, you feel like you have to be a weirdo. Um, <laughs> listen, I we appreciate our furry fans here, but it's a children's thing. Um, let's go move on. Um, uh, we get and we have new images of Chris Rock in um. A movie that I forgot was happening, which is Spiral from the Book of Saw. It's like kind of like a, I don't want to say, it is like a spinoff, I guess, of like the Saw franchise. Chris Rock was in Saw 4, right? Or Saw 3? Uh, I don't think so. Was he in any of the Saws? I, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure he just likes the franchise. Is that it? <laughs> I think so. I'm pretty sure he had not been in a single song. Oh, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe he just really likes it. Well, good for him. Like, Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was just like really about this movie and decided to, to make it. Because this is like... It's the ninth installment of the Saw franchise. Holy shit. Yeah, and it's like a whole new cast. I think it's like a whole like re-envisioning. Oh, this actually kind of... I like the cast. Um, it's yeah. starring Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. That so fucking sounds awesome. It's going to be good. Yeah, I'll well, watch it's gonna, it. And it's going to be I, you know? The, the trailer, I mean, the poster actually looks pretty damn good, too. Which, I mean, yeah. doesn't say too much. Great movies have had horrible posters. Horrible yeah. movies have had good posters. Um, we'll say that's a pretty big cast. A lot of people are going to die. Yeah, the person who is directing it directed plot keywords, f word. <laughs> nice. Oh my god. Um, the person directing it has directed two, three, and five. Um, I only really care about Saw One. It's just um. Uh, so, oh, he also directed Rebirth of the Genetic Opera, which is actually kind of. He did two, three, and five. So one, two, and three, in my opinion, are the best ones. Yeah. 
Oh, well, no, it's two, three, and four he did. But he did do Repo the Genetic Opera, which is a very interesting movie that I like, um, but it's very... It's it's weird. It's it's weird. Like, it doesn't feel like it should be a movie that's good, but it's actually pretty good. Hmm. Um, It's a pretty much a horror musical I've, about I've seen someone... I've somewhere, but I've never seen the movie. It's it's pretty good. Um, hmm. It's interesting. Um, Paris Hilton is in it. Nice. <laughs> like she actually is pretty good at her acting. I actually like it. It's like really cheesy. She's supposed to play, pretty much be playing herself in it, but she's pretty good at it. But it's pretty much about like this futuristic world where people are obsessed with beauty. I mean, its themes are very over, like hitting you with a hammer. It's like oh, <laughs> beauty and standard in Hollywood's bad and all that stuff. Like it beats it over. But it's a pretty, it's a pretty campy film about someone who has to like steal organs for the rich it's good i mean i recommend it if you have nothing watching if you're looking for something to watch and you don't know what you want to watch and then you see that maybe just give it a check no way hmm i i thought maybe i so okay is this based on repo man (laughs) no repo Repo, the genetic opera is oh wait I, i do no Repo Man from the not eighties. Well, the one so with the car. There's, two, there's that one, and then there's a redo. I Dude, guess. Have you seen or Repo? another one? The eighties Repo Man. Where there's a guy good. that has to fucking reclaim people's organs that they have on loan from, like the the man or whatever. Oh, I think I know. It's no, it's not that one. Repo Man to the genetic up. Oh fuck. Was there oh. singing in that movie? <laughs> no, that's why I was okay, saying, no. like, is this, like, based on that or something? I don't, I, know. I don't think it's so. I think it's based on a short story someone wrote. Um, talking about Repo Man, have you seen the one from the 80s? I don't think so. It is this crazy sci-fi film. Um, one of my friends, you're actually friends with them, too, somewhat. Uh, it's, like, one of their favorite movies. It's it's pretty, it's super, it's a good B-horror movie. It's campy. It has, like, a car that has, like, a radioactive stuff in it. Um, the music's composed by Iggy Pop. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, huh. Yeah, here, I'll, this is um, set in Los Angeles. The p- plot concerns a young rock, po- ro- young <laughs> punk. Yes, young, who plays the young punk rock enthusiast who is recruited by a car repose- repossession agency and gets caught up in the pursuit of a myst- mysterious Chevrolet Malibu that might be connected to extraterrestrials. <laughs> Aliens. Holy shit, this is amazing. Yeah, no, it's a pretty, I, I, that's a movie I also recommend to watch. Okay, so then there's Repo Men. Yeah, which I'm looking at now, which is that The Rock? <laughs> No, it's no, it's Jude Law. Well, he kind of looks like the. Oh no, Jude Law kind of looks like the Rock in this picture. Oh, I think it's this. Yeah, maybe a little bit. It's Jude like his Law. jawline, I think. Jude Law, Forrest Whitaker, Liv Schreiber. It is, it's, 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 it's all right, you know. No, I don't know. Science fiction that. action film, and then Science there's uh, what was it? Uh, Repo Hawaii. So the sequel? No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm onto something completely different. Yeah, no, I'm 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 way here with you. <laughs> Repo nine one one. No, that's Reno nine one one. Are you talking about like hot? No, no, no Hotline Miami is a game. <laughs> Never mind. No, this is a. Uh, 
a TV show on. It was on like. A, Dude, that, that guy directed Repo Man <laughs> and then never directed a movie after that. He's only directed TV after. But wait, he's directed Church and Ruins of True Detective. That's like. Ooh. That's episode. is that season? No, that's season. I think it might be season one. If it's no, it has Colin Farrell. It's oh, season yeah, two. But I like, uh... Season 1's amazing. Season 2 had never really caught my attention. I heard Season 3 was unbelievable as well. Ah, shit, I forgot there was a season... Season 1 is, like, some of the best TV uh, you can find. Seriously. It is so Time cool. is a flat circle. I can't do Matthew... <laughs> I can't do Matthew McConaughey's voice. <laughs> but it's good. True Detective 1. Now season, that I've seen that, that show, like, eight times, every time he's in the car talking, I just think of him... I think of Jim Carrey... Impersonating yeah. him, doing a Lincoln commercial, roll and then like rolling boogers. <laughs> oh my god! Oh man, dude, uh, I love to say Matthew McConaughey is a great actor, but those commercials he makes are so fucking stupid. He's phenomenal. Um, uh, yeah. but talk about okay, kind of going a little bit off topic, but we're on Twitch, so I'm going to talk about some uh, Twitch streamers. Um, I was watching some people do GTA RP. For those who don't know who aren't familiar people play grand theft auto but it's like they've set it up so they like role play and play out stories and play out characters um but two streamers literally got themselves in a loop of reciting the matthew mcconaughey someone once told me time is a flat circle everything we've done (laughs) and they literally repeated it for an hour like they kept making the same phone call walking in the same circle and they had they they literally played it out until someone walked up and was like, "Break the cycle!" And they broke the cycle, and it was some of the greatest improv I've ever seen. That's <laughs> it's awesome. good. Um, but yeah, while we're talking about repo, where did we even start? Saw. <laughs> um, I is in a yeah. new song be called Spiral. I just want to read this synopsis. Uh, working in the shadow of an esteemed police veteran, Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson. Wow, I can speak. Um, Branch detective Ezekiel Zeke Banks and his rookie partner William Schneck. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry, that's someone's last name, but Schneck. Uh, take charge of a grisly investigation into murders that are eerily reminiscent of the city's gruesome past. So it's just Saw. <laughs> Unwittingly trapped in a deepening mystery, Zeke finds himself at the center of the killer's morbid game. I, I don't know why I thought the synopsis would yeah, give me something different. Like it's just literally the Saw. It's just literally the Saw. Sounds like a cunning and original story. <laughs> this is literally the synopsis to Saw 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Yeah. Um, that sounds like Saw with more steps. <laughs> not even more st- But like Samuel L. Jackson in a Saw movie, I've never thought I've wanted more. I can't wait for him to yell at Oh, ooh, what if uh, he is? Put, I will put five bucks on it right now. That he's the bad guy? No. Oh, I th- but, uh, Well, this is like a two-part bet, I guess. If he dies, yeah. guarantee his last words are motherfucker. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I that's, that's maybe my, he's the bad guy. That's my fiver. He's probably the bad guy. He does, yeah. he does make a bad, a bad, a good, a good bad guy. Esteemed, esteemed police veteran. Yeah, he's corrupt or something. Or maybe he's being targeted because he's corrupt. I feel like that's the plot. I just see like a saw going into his face, and he's just like, "Motherfucker!" Blah. Done. Yeah. Um, End of the saw franchise right there. Perfect done. Way to, perfect way to. Dude, I wonder. 
I wonder how many Saw movies they'll eventually make. Like, eventually things have to run out. Like, I think about this all the time. Eventually the MCU has to end. I, uh, uh, I, like, what will go out first? <laughs> like, the sun dying out or the MCU at this point? But, like, Saw franchise has to end. All good things must come to an end. Like, Jason and... Uh, I guess you got all the way to X... Yeah, and then they just started throwing him <laughs> yeah. wherever. That's yeah, him you're still right. Still walking around in Mortal Kombat, fucking punching the shit out that of him. That is people. true. That is true. Um, like, all right. Sometimes they'll just be around forever, I guess. That is true. Um, talking about things that seem to be going on forever, this segue kind of sounds kind of mean. Um, I just want to read this headline to you, and I want to hear your response. Um, John Cleese, do you know who that is? Yeah. To write the Great Emo War, Emu War, you know though that is. Like, Australia, they fought this battle with a bunch of emus, and there was, like, like casualties and stuff. It's a pretty funny story. Yes. With Rob Schneider. (laughs) John Cleese to write the the Great Emu War with Rob Schneider. What a weird fucking combo of people to work together. Like, Rob Schneider... This is Rob Schneider. (laughs) John Cleese is, um, for those who don't know, Monty Python, like one of the main people of Monty Python, an amazing yeah. comedian group, like some of the best comedy has ever written for Monty Python. Rob Schneider, I can't really say the same about. <laughs> yeah. he, he's been in some alright flicks. <laughs> has I he? guess. I'll have to look I... up his movie list. I mean, the animal was kind of funny when I was oh. younger. Uh, Deuce Bigelow. Deuce Bigelow is funny. Yeah. Um, but then he's also been in the Ridiculous Six. Um. Yeah, okay, he has stood like 25 feet in the background of probably like 80 movies. Yeah, he's been in every um, Adam Sandler movie somehow. Everywhere, somewhere in the background, like, hey, I'm Rob <laughs> Schneider. I'm over yeah. here. <laughs> it's just it was a weird combo like no definitely they... i don't know how those guys how do those guys even meet that's my how fault like they... there's no crossover i don't think at what point was was rob schneider just like somewhere off in england or unless john cleese lives in the states which he very well could he, so I like, don't, how, yeah what i don't know are are those guys going to where they right. bump into each other. What nightclub is John Cleese just going off at where Rob Schneider's also doing that? Like, and I, I whose idea know. was this movie? Was it John Cleese's or was it Rob? Who approached who? 100% John Cleese's idea. That is true. It does sound like a very Monty Python type <laughs> bit. But like, how did Rob Schneider get involved? I, it baffles me. I don't know if it might be good. I don't know if it'll... I don't know. That's. I just read that line and I was like, what the fuck? I wonder if John Cleese was just at his house, just came up with this idea and was like the only person in the world that can play this role <laughs> is that guy from Little Nicky. Yeah. <laughs> the guy from Mr. Deeds. The guy who, uh, what is 51st Dates? He's like the weird boat guy. Like, <laughs> he's just in every movie, he's just that weird guy. Every yeah. Adam Sandler movie, he's just that weird guy. Although, in recent years, like, he did have a show that came out that I guess was pretty popular and funny. Oh. I don't know. I, I, like, I don't know anything about it. Yeah. I just thought it was a weird, weird line. Weird, Definitely. weird thing. 
Yeah, no, that that was funny. That, they're that literally was... just writing it now, so like we've had no other no other basis to go off of. It's just such a weird fucking combo. Yeah, I just picture them hanging out in some like in John Cleese's like royal dining room. Yeah. Drinking fine whiskey, talking about writing oh, yeah. Exactly. Oh, I don't <laughs> it's it'll it'll be interesting. Um Something else that is ancient that also doesn't seem to die like Rob Schneider. I don't want Rob Schneider to die. That was a bad segue. I'm just trying to segue to The Simpsons being renewed for seasons 33 and 34. <laughs> oh. Good segue, dude. <laughs> yeah, great. I'm so good at them. I'm so good at segues. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's that, totally common. I had that is like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. 33 no, that, and 34. Um. Yeah. Uh, that's good though. Good for the Simpsons. They deserve it. I mean, know? yeah. I don't, actually... I don't. I haven't watched them really. Yeah. I mean, I still season two to season ten is still probably the best animated cartoon of all time. They're all hits. I'm a big Simpsons fan. Um, I I get Middle Simpsons, which is crazy to say Middle Simpsons because that's like season like fifteen to twenty five. That's more like those ten seasons is like more seasons than most shows get. Are pretty not great, but I've heard like the last two seasons were got a new new writers or something or so good. I don't know. It's just crazy that like they've they've been around for since nineteen nineties. Yeah, they started um in in the ninety like nineteen ninety I think so. <laughs> Crazy. But South Park's also kind of getting up there, too. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, yeah, that's, that's just for animated shows. There's, like, some crazy long-running... Uh, soap operas. TV shows, too. Yeah, I mean, soap operas hold insane <laughs> records, but, like, I think It's Always Sunny is... Uh, right. Also insanely long. Yeah, it's crazy. It's We've kind of got into this era, kind of going back to the MCU, Never Going to Die, where, like... Things don't die anymore. Another True. example of this is like Avatar was a great show. I can we've gone over this last week. We me and Shane both haven't really watched it, <laughs> <laughs> but like it's people think it's a great show. It probably is. I think it has like a lot of a lot of people talk highly of it, um, which makes me assume that it is probably good. Um, that is now getting a whole studio dedicated to it. It's 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 an interesting thing. I'm not saying this is good or bad. I'd probably argue it's more bad that these things don't die because you don't really get new properties. Yeah, um, I'd love to see a little bit of you know something else. Creativity. <laughs> yeah. So I'm actually yeah I'm gonna take that back. I think it is a bad thing um, that these things aren't dying. But we're also in a time where like it's kind of unfathomable to think that the MCU will be gone or the Simpsons will be gone. Which the MCU is... feel they so the Simpsons is almost weirder to me than the MCU because the MCU feels like a living, breathing thing at this point. Yeah. Like it's just this like ever changing, ever evolving world that's gonna grow and change as the rest of the world does. Yeah. It's just gonna happen in a different way. And then when Kevin Feige retires and passes the mantle, his son, like, his son yeah. will take it off. Yeah. Like, I don't, you don't even know if he has a son. Bunch more movies probably. Yeah. I'm sure he'll have a predecessor, mm -hmm. and uh, this will probably continue until you know the end of days or whatever. Right, whatever Just, goes, whatever ends first, Hollywood or <laughs> right, because like at this point you have, 
a basically infinite amount of source material to work from that is also ever expanding and it's prints money for them there's no reason to like even if we're talking like the financial side of hollywood there is no incentive to stop sure there's that too and it's like you have an infinite amount of source material you have an end like it's gonna make you money no matter what so you've got all this capital you can just dump it into more movies because Mm -hmm. i mean even if you run out of ideas the source material is there and yeah you know you can just continue to push things like that and for me i'm a fucking shill for that stuff so yeah you know i'm all about it um but i do think that it is an interesting thing because now that i'm thinking about it you're probably right like i don't think it will die yeah i think in the end inherently from a art standpoint i know there's like the whole scorsese thing where like everyone who's like a marvel fan not everyone but like there was a whole backlash like scorsese called marvel movies not film and there was like that whole clash there's a huge clash between the art world and pretty much anything disney makes because it does feel very corporate um but in the end like it like things not dying i think is inherently not good for the creativity of the field um but at the same time like you kind of have to just go with it because there's two people ways you can brace this you can be like i hate everything mcu because it's never gonna die and it's ruining the field or i hate the simpsons but you just gotta embrace it just like like enjoy them um and and if you don't then you don't right exactly if you don't you don't um i I say that about a lot of things like i know unpopular opinion here or whatever but like a lot of people did not like the season finale of game of thrones and i didn't even watch Finale. I didn't I even watch Game of Thrones. Thrones. Yeah, I we're we're rare. We're, we're we we and you have not. Well, I never right. cared about Game of Thrones. Yep. Nope. Not even a lick. But mm. my opinion on the matter, not that it really matters, is that um, if you enjoyed the first seven seasons, <laughs> and the eighth season disappointed you, that fucking sucks. Oh, it's, I. Uh, it's not about the destination. <laughs> It's so, about the journey. To bring that up, I would kind of disagree. So, I actually, I don't know. Um, this might be the point you're making. There is this old saying in film, or st- in storytelling, that the most important ten minutes of a film are the first five and the last five. The first five, because you want to get the people who are watching it to... Engage with your story. Find it interesting enough to spend their time on it because it is a time thing. The last five is because that is the last five minutes you will remember, think of the film. That is the last five minutes before you leave the theater. I hate when movies have a very solid beginning, middle, and then they mess up the end. I think that ruins the media. I'm a firm believer of that. I don't necessarily disagree, but like... I'm like talking about, you know, I, I guess for me, it's, it does apply to film. What you're saying, like, is yeah. perfect for, for film. I, too, feel that disappointment. But, like, when it comes to, the, like, media, or not all media, but, like, TV shows specifically that are, like, these long-running things, I guess, I guess a more accurate comparison for me might be Dexter. Because, like, I know a lot of people really didn't like the end of Dexter. But yeah, I, I hated it. I 
I I mean I'm 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 cool with it. Cause for me it's like <laughs> I enjoyed everything up until the end. And even in the end, I was like, this all makes sense. Like he's he's getting he's getting his just desserts. Yeah. I mean we could talk about Dexter all day. I think the ending really was bad. Um <laughs> But again, like I know, I'm on a weird side of the fence with that one. I'm like one in a million. I know, but that's what I'm saying with this Game of Thrones thing is like, you shouldn't hate on the entirety of this thing based on just the end of it. Just because you didn't like the ending doesn't mean that it's not the ending that it should have gotten or that it deserved or that the writers intended. You know, I right. I guess really the thing that gets me is that how things how how things get so blown out of portion on out of proportion on social media to the point where people think that they should be influencing or changing things or right. like things should be rewritten or changed. Ugh, that's why I don't like the Snyder cut. Large yeah. collective opinion. Uh, for me, this happened with like star Wars, these new star yeah. Wars, a lot of them feel like they were made in response to a lot of flack that was given to people on Twitter over a long series of months between developments and the new star Wars films. Yeah. And uh, you know, New series, the the Game of Thrones season finale happened, and then like Twitter like exploded. They were like, rewrite, rewrite, drop, re- redo the season. And it's right. Like, just because you didn't like the ending, doesn't mean that it wasn't a good show. I I, I think I'd still disagree with you on that, just because I really do think if you need to be consistent all the way through, um, even with TV shows. Well, we'll t- when we talk about Wandavision, I think I'll also bring up that point. Um. But I, I, I agree with you. I agree with uh, people thinking rewrites and all that stuff. is bad. That's why I, like, deep down, I, I think the Snyder cut of Justice League is going to hurt the industry. I, I don't disagree. <clears throat> because that was exactly what you just talked about, a social media outrage right. that a corporation gave down to, gave, g- gave into to create this movie again to make more money. Yeah. And and it's not. I no. I agree completely. It's and I not, don't think it's going to be the first time. I, I I think that I would have rather that movie went down in history as what it was. Exactly. And I think releasing it as a Snyder cut is g- going to be harmful to the industry in the end because you are right. Like people hated the Game of Thrones. They're going to tre- try to rewrite it. They're going to try to redo it. And that is inherently is bad. Not good. That right. it, you. Sh- that's again going back to things not dying. We need original properties. We don't need the same thing again. Like we are pretty much getting the Snyder Cut is just the movie with added fat to it. Yes. You're not telling a new story. It's yeah. nothing new. Yeah, it's gonna be like the same story exactly. Yeah. But I, I will say, <laughs> even with Batman versus Superman and Game of Thrones and Dexter shitty movie two shows with bad endings i still feel no guilt in like enjoying the parts of the movies that i did enjoy because batman right yeah is a steaming pile of trash but like i found an edible banana in there somewhere when there was superheroes flying through the air um you know know what i'm saying like i yeah i I definitely even though the end of dexter was meh i still really liked 99 of like what i saw in the show you know right um, I, 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 I get that point. I'm I, not I, trying to beat a dead horse here. <laughs> but no, I, I get, I get that point. I, I, like, I don't think, 
again, when we get to WandaVision, I'll probably talk about this point. Um, I don't think, like, inherently, like, the Game of Thrones thing, I do think it makes sense if the move, the ending's bad, you're not going to want to rewatch it, and it kind of has died away from popular culture because of the ending. Yeah. Like, if you still liked The Red Wedding, you still liked it. I don't think that... I, I can see how a bad ending can take away from those moments, though, because it's like... As much as it is the journey, the destination is still very important. Um, if the journey sure. is a journey that literally ends up with nothing, it does feel like you were led to something bad or it just did not fulfill what it needed. Um, but I, I agree with that point. If you like parts of the show, don't act just be like it's the worst thing ever. Like I like seasons one through three of Dexter. I thought it was great. It's okay to like things that other people don't like. <laughs> exactly. Like, and and I refer is it's also okay to dislike things people don't like. It's just have your own opinions is pretty much the, yeah. the name of it. Have your own opinions. Because be square, I still think Batman versus Superman is a piece of shit. Or I'm sorry, I still think Justice League was a piece of shit. But like, no, it was garbage. Seeing the Flash on camera. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, alright, so let's. I think this is a good time to go into WandaVision, because we're talking about finales, we're talking about superhero movies, let's move into the WandaVision portion, um, it was the finale, it is the end, WandaVision is no more, it is done. Buttoned up nicely with a little bow. There's only, uh, like, one loose end, but it was the best loose end ever. Yeah, so, I, I will get out of this, I did not like the finale. No. No, I think my point I made last time on the uh, podcast stays. I think they dropped the ball. Um, not, and again, so a lot of people online are, I see any critique of the finale are, oh, your your theories didn't just come true. And I, I don't care about that. I don't care that Mephesto never showed up. I don't care that Quicksilver, I mean, I think the Quicksilver thing's stupid. Um, I think, this is my personal opinion, that... The first couple episodes were fantastic because they were trying to tell a story in a different way. They were trying new narrative devices. The last episode, when you have two witches fighting, that is just two people floating in air throwing balls of light at each other. Like, you had something that could have been really fantastic. Like, think of the combat in Doctor Strange. Like, that, and, like, the flair of Doctor Strange and the mystical and how great it was. Mm Mm-hmm. It it just it felt like it just turned into every other Marvel movie. It, it, I feel like it didn't. It lost its originality. Yeah, I was gonna say it felt like a very predictable ending. Exactly, and that's my Marvel problem with story. it. You know, um, like once I once they spoon fed me. Okay, so let me just say overall, I really like the show. I like what it yeah. did for the characters in the MCU. Right, like I said last week, the first couple episodes I think are some of the strongest things in the Marvel cinematic universe. I think yeah. like it was interesting, it was brilliant and all that stuff. I just think the last two episodes Yeah. You're right, predictable. I think they could have really done something interesting once, with it. Once they spoon fed me the big twist. Mm-hmm. Uh that it was Agatha all along. Yeah. Um Yeah, once they literally served that to me on a silver uh. platter and then followed it up with an entire episode of exposition. Yeah. I knew exactly what to expect out of it. Exactly. There's going to be superheroes flying around. There's going to be explosions. There's going to be laser beams. Yeah. You know, like, it's going to be... that that That's it. I mean, they set it all up the episode before. Yep. And, uh, I mean, the payoff was... 
It was okay. It I was mean, okay. I'll give it an okay. It. Yeah. Um, but I do like. I will say I do like that both of our heroes defeated their opponents with their wit instead of their strengths. Yeah. Um, literally, there was a philosophical debate in a library. Which I did like cool. that part. I did like that vision fight. Like uh, there... that, that was cool. Yeah. And I'll say that 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 was the loose end I was talking about. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I think that is the yeah I agree with you a hundred percent. I think that was the most interesting thing mm-hmm. that happened. It was a good setup. I think that between the the new vision and Monica Rambo, we have some good setup Spectre. for future things. Yeah. Um, and I think that, like I said about Falcon and Winter Soldier, I enjoyed seeing what was going on with some of these characters after the blip and getting to hear a little bit more about some characters that I particularly enjoyed from the movies and from the comic books. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like got enough love in the movie. Yeah, I, I agree with all your points. Um, I think the only reason it was disappointing for me at the end was because they did have such a strong finish. It's kind of like the thing I was talking about. The first five minutes are the most, the first five and the last five are the most important. Um, I think you described like my whole thing perfectly. It was predictable when it shouldn't have been. Um, the best part was the mystery, the horror. Which, mm-hmm. it kind of makes me afraid for Doctor Strange 2. Because the horror was really good in the first couple episodes. I will argue, like, I still think the first couple episodes of WandaVision were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Good television. You remove it out of the MCU, still good television. Mm-hmm. I just, it was so disappointing seeing a fight between Agatha and Wanda. Scarlet Witch as literally just flying around throwing balls of light at each other. And I know it's television, they don't have the same budget, but it's still Disney, you have the budget. Yeah, and I guess for me, yeah, all the little fan theories got busted and and that, you know, whatever. It happens. I I don't really care about that either. Like, that's exactly what it is, fan theory. It happens. I'm glad it, it got buttoned up nicely. Everything got sort of summed up and it ended the way that it was her. How... Ever, it kind of makes me lean in the direction of like, well, now there's only one way Doctor Strange can get involved, and that's right. kind of suspicion, I guess. He's like, what the yeah. fuck was that? I better go check this out. And then they, yeah. now that's kind of like this buddy thing, and now, like, I think you're kind of onto something with perhaps being a little leery of the sequel here because. I don't want it to be like a buddy comedy horror with Scarlet Witch and no. Doctor Strange. I want it to be like intense. And I, I had almost thought that whatever she was doing was going to have such an effect that Doctor Strange would have to get involved and that's what would lead up into the next. Right. But now it's kind of like a little bit more cut and dry, I guess. Like she, he did even get mentioned in this season finale so i you know there's reason to believe that she would seek out the sorcerer supreme right directly to her and there's reason to believe that the sorcerer supreme would seek out whoever the fuck caused all this chaos in new jersey absolutely Um, and i don't know that feels just a little (sighs) predictable not to i was gonna say not to use the same word again but like spoon fed no i think it is i think yeah i think I, I think we're on the same page here. I think um, I don't like I I say disappointed 
in the finale, I think it was still okay. I enjoyed watching it. Um, Not irredeemable, but I'm with you. Um, it just makes me worried about Doctor Strange 2. I know Sam Raimi's directing it, so that gives me hope. But I also know that the original director, Scott um, Dickerson, left that property because of, of creative differences. And he is a horror director. And I know a lot of people in Marvel have been saying this is going to be the first horror movie in the MCU. Um, that kind of makes me a little... Yeah, not usually a good sign. Yeah, I mean, the only difference is, like, uh, Edgar Wright left Ant-Man for creative differences. I still think Ant-Man was pretty good. Um, but you could also see Edgar Wright's influence on it. That's true. Uh, um, but, yeah, so... We'll see. I, I think it was just predictable. Um, I, I will still believe that the first half of WandaVision was great television. I really wish they would have stuck with that whole sitcom thing. It would be so cool if that final fight, instead of flying up in the air, throwing balls of light... I'm sorry I'm stuck on that. It just... You had no, so much potential there. Yeah, um, no. They, they set up... Like I said... I'm trying to view it as like a whole media source, right? <laughs> and right. Like, right. As, as a whole... What it does is good for the characters, for introducing new characters to the MCU, for yeah. showing us a little bit about what's going on with the characters we know and love, showing us what's going on with just like the regular world and regular people. Like it's absolutely cool what it does. But like, hey, you you used the perfect word. I think you used it anyway. They had a really good opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> opportunity missed. And that's that's a good point. So it is when we have to talk about the MCU, it's weird. So I'm talking about it solely as a television series. But you are right. The MCU is setting up stuff. As I think it is a good bridge. It will set up stuff. Um, I'm kind of critiquing it as a television, but I do agree. If you're looking at an MCU thing, it is good. It is setting up what's going to happen. Um, I just, come on. Like, the fight scene could have been them, like, fighting through the different sitcoms. No, like, I know. They could have gone through eras, like and like change the camera memories. angles, like change. I really should have just started in her fucking memories, like I don't yeah. Know. Ever at the end of the episode before the penultimate, like the exposition episode, um, with Agatha flying above the children, like shot in like in a regular Marvel, I was like, oh, this is they're yeah. they're not gonna do anything interesting with it, um. And talking about fan theories, the fucking Quicksilver thing ending up being a dick joke. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's stupid. I'm sorry. If anyone who liked that, I'm sorry, that's fucking stupid. Um, we've already talked about how the Marvel universe is already kind of confusing for people who've seen X-Men and all that stuff, but, like, if that is all in a dick joke, you just, you just, like, got rid of Evan Peters, a great actor. Right. From being in your movies, and also, I don't think anyone reacted well to that joke. <laughs> like, it <Right>. sucked. <laughs> Yeah, so it's, I don't think that it's irredeemable yet, Yeah, because, like, she just made things appear out of nothing. Yeah. Right, she created a new vision, that's just, like, a thing, and absolutely Agatha made Pietro, but, like, it's possible that she pulled the Pietro from another dimension, so, like, you know, it could still be some dimensional shit going on. Like, I'm trying to not rule it out in my head, because, yeah. like, I don't want it to just be about a dick joke. Right, that's a thing. Um, 
I, I can, I don't care that Mephesto didn't show up. I don't care that my Ghost Rider theory was wrong, which that should have never been right. Um, <laughs> but like, it's just, it was a weird Easter egg. Like, I, I, I'm good with having Easter eggs in movies, um, throw them in and stuff. But like, to have an Easter egg also be like a cliffhanger to yeah. come out to be nothing, that's just bad storytelling. Yeah. You, if you, you literally just wasted screen time and a very limited, as we could see, these very short, which I think was a problem. Um, you wasted screen time on something that ended up being nothing for a dick yeah. joke. Yeah, and I'm so, like, I'm cool with dick jokes. Like, make them. But in terms of like setups and payoffs, yeah, right? That that's like something that we talked about earlier with this final episode. It's like. Yeah, I am annoyed with the big fighting in the air, but the setup mm-hmm. and the payoff, like they were kind yeah. of worthwhile. The, the Pietro thing, like the setup was fucking sweet. Right. I, like, holy shit, this is unbelievable. This is insanity. Like, th- they're absolutely trying new cool things. This is the best thing they could do. And then the payoff was kind of like, yeah, exactly. Um,. Yeah, I don't really have too much to say. I I think it was kind of rushed too. It felt rushed, but like we did, we did get it wrapped up. But I felt like the uh, Hayward kind of was eliminated too fast. Uh, mm-hmm. We never saw where Darcy went. That just she yeah. hit him with a car and then left. Um, yeah. I think Hayward could have been an interesting villain. Like the idea, of, like people are mad that superheroes because of the blip is very reasonable. Right. Um, and- Instead, he's, like, the most boring fucking bad guy. He was. He was so predictable and boring. Like, that could have been so much more. That felt rushed. Um, The whole, like, kids immediately fighting and, the like, felt weird. Um, uh. um, I think, I mean, the Scarlet Witch costume is fucking sweet. I'll give it that. Um, yeah, that was good. That whole storyline was cool. I liked, like, the reveal. Of, mm-hmm. of like her learning her origins and stuff but like yeah. like you said it was it was typical marvel stuff like yeah i i think i would have liked seeing all of the shit from the other side of the team exactly because it wasn't until this last episode like into the episode that they said that she stopped the broadcast that's when I want to be tuning in to what's going on. Yeah, that would be so cool. Like, you could have played off the idea of, like, Wanda only showing what she wants to versus what was that. Like, you could jump back and forth. Like, that yeah. would have been interesting. <laughs> but, like, they just went with, like, traditional just, shots, no yeah. interesting coloring, no interesting editing. Like, uh, Doctor Strange is a perfect way of showing how you can do magic in the MCU and make it interesting. Like, I know Doctor Strange is kind of like people to think of middle of the road MCU, but I think it was like interesting because of what it, its visuals. Yeah, um, no, one hundred percent. I mean, the whole magic of or master of the mystical arts, like it should look mystical and it should look masterful and cool. And with this, it's like you—you uh, you could honestly plop that in. You could replace Iron Man with Iron Monger. Same fight. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. The scrolls versus the Kree, same fight. In this case, you could just like replace either one of them with Vegeta or Goku. Exactly. <laughs> but at least they'd be yelling more and you'd do the spirit bomb. 
choo, choo, choo. Yeah. Like, that would be sweet. Uh, but instead, you know, we just saw our favorite Dragon Ball Z heroes <laughs> dressed up like two witches flying yeah. over the like, uh, like, and I will say there, like, like, my favorite part was probably when Wando like thought she got Agatha and like went to Salem and like all the dead people turned against Wanda. Like that was cool. That was visually interesting. Witch stuff. I, I also think like the rune thing was kind of like a gotcha that was like didn't feel deserved. Like she was there for maybe like five seconds. You had how much time to observe those fucking runes? Like, You've been a witch for how long? You especially. Like, I don't yeah, know. especially if you're a chaos, like the chaos witch, like who doesn't need incantations or stuff. Like, you don't. Yeah. Uh, I, it felt I felt rushed. I I mean, it was overall. I thought one division was okay. The beginning was great. Um, I yeah. I mean, I would also give it an okay, but like, you know, I've said it a couple times. I, I gotta back it up with the the whole umbrella thing because yeah. Is a good bridge for things to come. I think that it serves as like, you know, uh, was it eight hours? It felt like three, four, but it was like I think six, six yeah, to eight. So it's basically like a six to eight hour movie designed yeah. to like bridge the gap between a whole like five or six years worth of movies and yeah. another five or six years worth of movies with yeah. new characters and new heroes and all this new shit happening. It's like, I think it'll be good. Because, like, the next shit on deck, Loki's gonna be setting up, like, the next god-tier shit. Probably the mm -hmm. next Thor thing. Yeah, probably uh, uh, Love and Thunder. Yeah, and then beyond that, most of what we have is new shit, new, new characters, or catching up on old characters, which will probably introduce new characters, i.e. Miss Marvel, Hawkeye, uh, you know, Black Panther 2, Doctor Strange 2, yeah. Love and Thunder, like, these are all, this is, this is, the, we're, move after this, we're probably, like, effectively in the next arc, because, you know, we were caught up on Wanda now, that, that's yeah. on, on Billy and, uh, uh, Sam, yeah. then we'll be caught up on Loki, then we'll be caught up, you know, and now we're in it. So I think it served yeah. its purpose well to bridge the gap, but I agree completely with your, with your. We don't really do ratings, but yeah, it, no, it's we like, don't. Our ratings are like ever so scattered. Um, yeah, the show was all right. The beginning, as you said, was phenomenal. I think the setup was great. The payoff was great, but they did their Marvel thing as we suspected they might. Yeah, which I will have to say. Now that I've said this out loud, I think. At least with a Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we know what we're getting into. We know it's going to be an action thriller. So at least, like, they can't have a crazy expectation to be, like, something. Like, at least we know going into it, it's it is going to be Marvel stuff. But at least we're, we know that. <laughs> and they kind of did something similar when they did Winter Soldier, which has got my hopes kind of up, right? Like, Yeah, kinda, Winter Soldier was a good movie. It was, it was great, because I think my expectations going into it was exactly what i got out of it yeah it would be a fast-paced cool action movie spy thriller awesome exactly time. and like that's kind of what i'm expecting out of this it's just gonna be like a buddy action spy thing and you know I'm, i don't think that within six episodes they're really gonna let me down on that <laughs> right that's they, they're doing what the mcu does good so yeah. it's like that's maybe that's like the whole takeaway is like 
The MCU needs to get better at things that they're not normally good at, like mystery and horror. But like they'll they'll hit when it's thriller um action. So yeah, unless like I don't know how I, honestly I don't know how they could mess up the winter so the the new the next show like, which is a good thing. I I have a feeling. I no, I mean they can clip it if they want. They can quote me if they want. Yeah, I have a feeling that this is gonna be better than Loki, which is kind of a bummer for me because I really really like Loki. But it's like you said. I agree you know, with you. We're getting into this like action spy stuff, we kind of know what to expect. And with this Loki thing, it's like they're getting into cosmic, weird, probably time comedy shit, comedy, kind of like quirky, yeah. weird stuff. Who's directing Loki? I, I want them to, to do it really well because I really like the character. And again, I want to be caught up on Loki after all this time. What the fuck's been going on? Did he get yeah. resurrected? I'm kind of curious. Like, um, but I, I have a feeling it's not going to live up to some of this other stuff. We yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. 100% agree. Um, all right, let's move on to Coming to America. Yeah, we're running out of time. Yeah, we're really... We need to go... <laughs> There's a lot of... <laughs> like I said, Scrooge McDuck, Scrooge McDuck into content this True. week. Um, Coming to America. Thoughts? Uh, I liked it, but it's... Same. Uh, it, you know... It's it, not coming to America. Yeah, I mean, nothing's gonna live up to what I got out of the original. I watched it yeah. when I was a kid. I've watched it up until adulthood. It's funny. It's been around forever. Uh, it says fuck a lot more, which kind of yeah. resonates with me. <laughs> right, but it's kind of weird that they did PG-13 for the sequel. Like, yeah, but for one this is... one, I, it, it almost makes sense that it was PG-13. I mean, yeah. it's a bit yeah. more endearing tale i thought it was good it does have some heart to it i yeah i i liked the movie i eyes watering a little bit and yeah they don't they don't spend a whole lot of time in america and in the original to america most of our fucks are heard in america that is true (laughs) not uh zumumba no fuck it what is it um zamunda yeah and then next story yeah Story. <laughs> I gotta say, it. I laughed a lot. Um, so did I. It was it, funny. It was endearing. Like you said, it had some heart. It, it was. It was good. I, I think compared fun. to like other sequels that like Dumb and Dumber Three, like I think this is the best one of those. Like out like of a, all the movies that like are like sequels to comedies from the nineties or eighties that are like sequels from like thirty or forty years ago. Yeah, like a I think. Like, I definitely don't want to see a redo of Kindergarten Cop with, like... <laughs> I mean, I kind of do not say that. Arnold Harvey and a new kid. <laughs> exactly. I think I think it was good in the sense that it also kind of, like, modernized the storytelling by giving it more heart. Um, I, the one thing I really want to talk about it, which I think stole the show, Wesley fucking Snipes. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> he fucking killed it in that role. Oh, my God. Every time he was on screen, I was, like, crying laughing. Yeah, he was he was fucking hilarious. Uh, and he's been up there for me for a while. I, I usually appreciate his, his acting, but, man, he was just putting it all out there. Dude, he was so good in it. And that's something that I particularly enjoyed, too. There's some post credit scenes that can kind of prove my point even yeah. further. Uh, it seems like everybody was loving what was going on. They were all having a blast. They just all were enjoying their time. They wanted to be there, you know. 
I'm gonna say it. it Stop giving me mid credit scenes. Give me back the fucking bloopers. That was I loved that. I love the bloopers. Give me my blooper reels. Give yeah. them back. I think that shit was almost arguably more heartwarming than the movie. Exactly. The movie had a great story, but like the fact that all these people that have been around this story for so long mm-hmm. were all willing to come together around Eddie Murphy, who had literally, it seems. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I'd be happy to get fact-checked on this. Mm-hmm. It seems like this man has gone and created his own production company so that it he can so. make Lyft and Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, well, he made all those really bad. I, I just read an interview that he pretty much stopped acting for a bit because he, like, won, like, ten Razzies in a row. You know, I remember, like, like he had, had a lot of really bad movies, but I'm glad he had, he's back to his own stuff. Yeah, but that's, you know, I just think, like, you know, he's made his own company and like yeah. all these people to like come around him for this title and just embrace it and have fun with it. And they, I, I think they knocked it out of the park for what it is. Yeah. Like, the only thing I didn't, I felt very uncomfortable about was like the sexual assault angle they went with for about having the kid. Like that felt a little weird. Yeah. Like yeah, that was the only part where I was like, like even in the 80s, that's a weird storyline to throw in. Feels yeah. like. Um, but other than that, like, I think it was a solid movie. I think for what it was, obviously it's not groundbreaking. It's not going to win Oscars. It's not going to change you. Like to America, you will like coming to America too. America. <laughs> um, I thought Tracy Morgan was pretty funny in it. I always think Tracy Morgan is funny. <laughs> Man, that guy, <laughs> just as soon as I hear his voice, I just start cracking up. Um, Jermaine Fowler, who was like the main guy, like the son, I've never seen him before. I thought he was really good. Yeah, I thought he was. Yeah, everyone in here was pretty damn good. Uh, All of Eddie Murphy's daughters were hilarious. I loved watching them beat the shit out of Wesley Snipes. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Um, I I like that they brought back the wedding singer. At the end, that's a spoiler. I like and um, uh, Arsenio Hall as like the shaman lady was so fucking funny. Yeah, Arsenio Hall is just. Oh, he's so just funny. I love Arsenio Hall. Um, <laughs> Sammy is just so fucking funny, he's man. He's the best. And then he's, in the the, he's like, he's like uh, what is the uncle's name? Tracy Morgan's character? Uh, it's like Uncle Remy? Reem? Yeah. Uncle Reem. Yeah. Uncle Reem. He's like, I am Uncle Reem's friend. <laughs> and yeah. they just like, share a drink together, and it's just like the first time anybody's fucking had a drink. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, James Earl Jones was also fucking hilarious in it when he had it. When it was the funeral, <laughs> I'm going to die now, and he just dies. <laughs> Oh, that shit was so Dude, funny. Yeah, I'm actually I'm happy. I'm happy with the movie. I was afraid that it was gonna be bad. I think it was good. I think. Yeah. Obviously, Coming to America is a classic. Better, Coming to America is a sequel that I think is good. It's a, it's a good enough to be a follow-up. follow-up. It's a worthy follow-up. You can tell that it was a passion project through and through. It shows yeah. past and, you know. Right, it it's like Dumb and Dumber, unlike Dumb and Dumber 2 or 3 or whatever came out. That, uh, uh, that mansion is yeah. Rick Ross' mansion. Is it really? Yeah. It's fucking hilarious. Or, or it was. Was Rick? Did Rick Ross appear? No. It either is or was Rick Ross's mansion. I, I can't I remember what I 
record, but at some point or another, that place was owned by Rick Ross. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Um, but yeah, you, and oh, you got all the McDowell's. McDowell's is my favorite part of coming to America. They have the McFlurry, but we got the McBlurries. <laughs> Our toppings are on the bottom. It's so not copyright. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is just so so well done. It was good. Well, it was. Um, I was, was very happy I watched it. Um, yeah, it kept me engaged throughout. And yeah, it felt like it was a movie from the 80s. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's switch genres up and let's get into the movie we're talking about this week. Um, a movie that did not have me laughing. <laughs> um, and that's not bad. Um, there, there was a couple funny parts. There was a not, couple funny not parts. Funny parts. <laughs> it's more like zingers and one liners, maybe like one yeah. time. So, let's talk about the movie of the week, uh, Shane's Choice, A Devil, Not A Devil, like I was saying, A Devil All The Time. Wait, no, The Devil. The Devil? Why did I think it's the A Devil? devil. Time. Oh, yeah, you're right. The Devil All The Time. <laughs> What's, why am I thinking A Devil? What's A Devil? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. They me what I'm saying. The Devil All The Time. Um, so, was it, this was your second time? This was third, fourth. My watching this movie. Yeah, or is this your oh, first? Yeah, it's like my third or fourth time. Okay. Um, I watched this it uh, like I said at like three a.m. This was my first time. Did you watch it twice? Uh, I did not because it is three hours. It's uh, it's very long. I did not have time to watch. It. I would have wanted to watch it twice. I, I would yeah. want to watch it again. I mean, I would want to space out the setting. Space out. I I don't think it's a movie I could watch twice in once one week. I watched um, it 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 is very depressing. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. That being said, I think it has some of the best acting in anything Netflix has ever done. Um, I think its acting is absolutely phenomenal. I yeah. think Bill Skarsgård is so good in it. I think Robert Pattinson is so good in it. I think Tom Holland is so good in it. Um, my only, I, I would think, I thought this was a good movie. The only complaint I would have it is I felt like they were juggling too many balls, and they didn't really land everything perfectly. My my problems are more with the narrative. Um, I just think some storylines were much more compelling than some others, which kind of made it feel weird. But overall, I liked it. Um, I was so gonna to hear that. <laughs> yes, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um. <laughs> Uh, like I said, I think the acting was great. Um, it was—it's a downer. It is a big downer. It's—it's—it's um, it's, it's only a downer. It's a downer. There, there's no redemption. Um, yeah. Can I? Uh, so yeah. You... <laughs> Going into it, as you watched it your first time. Yeah. Did it feel like a horror movie in the beginning? Uh, it felt like a thriller. Kind yeah, of the horror. First time I watched it. I felt like I was constantly waiting for some like huge, crazy fucking thing to happen, but it yeah. ended up being just like a bunch of smaller shit. I mean, a bunch of big yeah. things happened, but it wasn't like a long setup and a big payoff. It was more like a bunch of small setups and payoffs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I normally we describe the story here, everyone. So for those who didn't watch it, but I think this movie is very hard to describe the story. Um, oh, because there's a bunch of different stories it's true yeah that's true you have to really there's a bunch of stories but it's deep down it's about um violence generational violence being carried over and religious violence also 
carrying over um, over time and how religious and it's its themes are very good. It, it has a lot of things to say. This movie. Um, that's why I think some of the storylines didn't hit with me. Um, most most important, the sheriff storyline didn't really do yeah. much for me. Like his whole storyline could have been cut. Um, like I get it. Once you get to the end, um, I also think the last thirty minutes kind of could have maybe not. I think it was a little bit too long. Not in the sense like I was bored. I thought it was compelling the entire time. I just think the climax happens with Robert Pattinson and Tom Holland at the church. I think that is like the best part of the movie. The climax. Everything else after it just I didn't care as much. Yeah. If that makes sense. So in my mind the general synopsis of this movie is Yeah go for it. It is a a coming of age tale about yeah. our main character Arvin Russell who is played by Tom Holland but you don't see Tom Holland until 45 minutes into the movie which was I will it was a creative choice but I think a good one yeah I think that was cool so it's like I like the way that they move across generations yeah um it it's just like a unique way to tell a story kind of starts off with his dad dealing with a bunch of things and Arvin is later born and like he teaches Arvin some things and Arvin takes these things into his adult life. Right. And it's like I think I agree like the last 30 minutes are they feel a little bit rushed but they I think that they you know they're kind of pivotal to obviously they're pivotal to the story they're like big things that happen in this young man's right. life. But uh I I wish I actually would have gotten more out of the sheriff so that his story made a little bit more sense. That's he, that's the uh, thing, yeah. The, I I liked the end. I liked how it came full circle from like Arvin's first like really terrible things that he deals with in his life and then like the last really terrible thing he has to deal with in his life. Um do you, do, do you know um the theory on who he gets in the car with? Uh, and I guess it spoiled yeah, I guess in the book it kind of goes through it more. Is that the last? So, I never knew that, but I kind of assumed. That's I, got... I, I assumed it too. Yeah, it's Just like how it, be- evil everything is in the movie. Yeah, it wasn't even like confirmed. It wasn't even like hinted at, but it was like this bearded dude going to Cincinnati in a fucking VW bus, I was which like, is where Charles Manson is from. Right. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is yeah. Interesting, and also on the note of the book, I think that it is so fucking cool that this movie is based on a book, and the narrator of the movie is the author of the book. I okay, so I like that part. I don't think the movie needed narration. That was probably, um, I think so. This is let me lay this out because at first that sounds like just a dumb argument on my half. Um, I think. Yeah, the narrator of in the movie is the person who wrote the book. I think that is sweet. I think more movies should do that if you have narration. Um, I don't think it needed narration because it felt like pointless exposition. It didn't really let the viewer make their own choices. Like, when Tom Holland shot... Um, what was her name? Sherry? Uh... I can't remember her name. The, the, the last, like, 30 minutes, um, there's two, a couple that's a serial killer. A couple um tom holland shoots the lady the sister of the sheriff the sheriff 
suits back. And then we get the narrator saying, oh, and um, she didn't have any bullets, unfortunate to her. But then the next scene, we see why she didn't have it. I think that would have been a stronger moment if the narration wasn't there. And the next scene, we actually see like him removing the bullets. I just There's yeah. a few points where like the narrator didn't have to say anything and add anything to the story. Sure. Um, I think I'm always for more show, don't tell. Um, I can I th- understand that. And I think that the narration didn't really do anything for the story. I think it is very cool that they got the author to do the narration. I think that is very cool, sweet. I just don't think it added to anything to the film. Yeah. Um, not that I don't agree. I, like, I think you're right. Yeah. But I just want to say, I feel like the parts that were narrated, I have no proof of this. <laughs> this is all yeah. just conjecture. But I feel like the parts that were narrated may have just been pulled pulled straight from the book. I, I think they were. It, um, it seemed very literary. And just like read by him. And, and when I learned that the author was the narrator, it made me feel like this must have been, like with his involvement being so close, like it must have been some kind of passion project for him. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Um, so like I, his words on film you know, and to have it work out that way. So it's like, I do agree. There is a ton of pointless exposition in this movie. Some of it's where the only comedy in this film can be found um, is in the exposition. Yeah. um, But a lot of it is unnecessary. And it's, if if I were to argue against you, I would be arguing against myself on Train to Busan because it's about saying as much as you can with saying nothing at all. <laughs> right, like, exactly. I really enjoy. So, like, I'm with you. This, the exposition is unnecessary a lot of the time. But, like I said, I have, I have no way to back this up. I feel like if this were a passion project of this guy's, if it were me, if I was an author, and I really yeah. put words down, like, I, I, maybe, maybe I would just want to just, like, Right, Lay right. It out there. Get it all out there for all the fools that won't ever pick up. I, I, I understand that. I, I definitely get that. I like. I would probably do that too if I was an author. I just don't think it adds. Like, I think I, that is cool. I think that is sweet. That is cool that the author was involved. That's sweet. That's we don't really see that with books and movies adaptions. Um, I just don't think it added anything to the film, and I think it just kind of I agree completely. Lessened the impact of more pivotal scenes. Again, I liked this movie. Um, I not these aren't arguments being like this movie sucks. I hate it. It just I. You have to things you like. You have to also kind of be critical of. Um, Absolutely, I think you could remove the narration from this film and get the same amount from it, except for the beginning where he like explains the map. But like, yeah, beyond that, you you don't even really exactly like that part. And you could even have like a character um, talking about that. Um, I think the first half of the movie was very strong. I thought like the Bill Bill Scar sorry Scarl Scarlet. His name is hard to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> Star, yeah. Yeah. I, he, I like him as a. He plays the clown. In it. Yes. He plays he it. I'm catching. He plays the clown in it. He plays it. Yeah. He's actually a dad <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> yeah. He is very good in everything he's in. I will yeah. say, I chose this movie because last week in our pre movie media outpouring discussion, we talked a lot about Tom Holland because he had like yeah. a couple weeks, and I thought. In lieu of that, we'd give him a little justice and watch one of my favorite Tom Holland movies. He was However, great. Ever. Yeah. Robert Pattinson holds a special place in my heart. That man he's my is, favorite actor. Uh, he's literally like, 
this one of this generation's like greatest actors. I I have so much respect for him. I love that he did the Twilight movies, and because he wanted to take on indie movies like this, like yeah. you can hear him in interviews, like in Twilight Three. I don't know how many Twilight movies there are. Never seen it. Um, where he's like, I the role sucks, but like I can do all these projects that I want to after. And I mean, he's in Remember Me, which is the weirdest fucking rom com ever. Um, I've never seen it, but it's it. It's a rom-com that ends up being a 9-11 movie. It's weird. Um, okay, interesting. It's a drama, too. I'm sorry for any... That's a spoiler, anyway. Okay, I have to, I have to talk about Remember Me. Remember Me is, like, a drama about this kid getting closer to his dad. Robert Patterson's the kid. Um, and there's also some, like, uh, romance happening, too. And, like, at the end, everything's going good. And, like, it's not a 9-11 movie until the last five minutes where everything's going good. He's going to go meet his dad in the office. The last shot is a picture of, like, a newspaper and zooming out of the building he's in, and you see it's the Twin Towers. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's just like, what? Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird it's a weird movie to end. It's weird. Uh, um, but anyway, going off that, he did, like, about a, a lot of movies that kind of sucked. But... To, but in exchange now he's able to do some of my favorite films the lighthouse is some of the best acting ever yeah he's on <laughs> he had that and he's got the devil all the time which i you know it's just up there for me he's also gonna be our new batman and a lot of people were kind of like what the fuck about that but I'm yeah no i'm all in i think it's going to be fucking phenomenal mm-hmm. um he was great in Harry Potter, and that was even before he did uh, Twilight. That was like in his. Oh yeah, he was Cedric something. Years. Yeah. Uh, Water for Elephants was really good. I was trying to get to his ID, ID, IMDb, but it's, his name doesn't pop up on the Twilight IMDb. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't seen Tenet. I kind of heard Tenet's story isn't good, but he probably acted fine in it. Yeah, I haven't seen Tenet either. I didn't mention it, but I, I'd like to see it. Um, yeah. I'm going to have to check out Remember Me because I haven't seen that. But yeah, he's just it's fine. <laughs> he's a stellar actor. He's he's done some really good work. He's quite talented, and I enjoy uh, most of what he's done. No, he I can... haven't seen the Twilight movies, but he's phenomenal in The Lighthouse and in. Yeah, no, I think he's good. I, his accent, I wasn't really for at the beginning, but I think. I was I, I, the accents in this movie are actually pretty damn good. Um, yeah, Tom Holland's accent like blew I, he, I always forget that he's like actually British. Yeah, and British Bill Skarsgård like, is like Finnish. Yeah, they're they're just great. Yeah, uh, I can't remember if Robert Pattinson is. Why the fuck is Chris Evans on this Google cast list? Get your shit together, Google. Probably because MCU. Yeah. Um. um but, but yeah, no. so Tom Holland just. I, I wanted to mention Robert Pattinson because I like yeah, him, but I did choose this movie because of Tom Holland because he's got a standout role in this, and for somebody that doesn't come in until halfway through the movie, he steals the fucking show. Yeah, and we even Lewis Bill Skarsgård halfway through, too, and I think he... Like, watch this movie for the acting. The story's good. I'm not saying the story's bad. Um, I just don't think it's, it's strength. I think it's acting is... Um, yeah, it's really a, a character... That's a very good way of putting it. It is a character-driven plot. Um, 
the the story's interesting, but like what we're really here for is to like see what happens to these people and what they go through, and the fact mm-hmm. that again we find ourselves in a cast list of people that are just passionate, talented, yes, and, and really enjoy what they're doing. I believe um, the sister Sandy. I think she was in Dexter. I think so too. She was really good. Um, everyone who acted, every every there wasn't a bad performance. Um, there the I actually think, strangely enough, one of the best performances was uh the evangelical preacher who poured all the spiders on his face. Dude, that was actually one of the parts <laughs> I was most excited to hear from you about. I thought that was that exciting. Was- that was the moment that I knew that this movie was not going to be what I thought it was. I, like, I was just watching this movie all easy-peasy, and things were cool, and then this dude started dumping fucking spiders on his face. And yeah. I was like, holy shit, we're in another fucking universe. What the fuck's happening? Like I said, this movie has a lot to say. Um, it is definitely a film about, like I said, generational violence, how violence... I mean, violence goes from one end to the other. You can see that as, like, a world thing because we start in World War II and we end up with the Vietnam War. We also see that Tom Holland's character kills people with the gun that his father left him. Well, not left him. Um, yeah. Violence, well, yeah. kind of. Um, but we see that violence flows through it, and I think that's an interesting point. I um, mean, a good a good, good thing to talk about. Um, but also, it was very heavy a very heavy critique on like evangelical Christianity, religion in itself and how even the most pious people can be evil. Yes. Because the most pious people in this movie are the most evil. The, the, the devil is with them, not God. Yeah. That's like the irony of this film. The yeah. so-called righteous and like best people quote, are the worst. People um, in this movie end up doing the worst thing. Are getting involved in the worst things and usually paying the worst price. Well, the non-faithful, you know, tend to yeah. go into less savory things, and you know, yeah, it's it's an it's an interesting critique. It had a lot of say, uh, and I like movies that have a lot of say. Um, and that's why I think that's why I think I said that twice. I think some of the storylines fell through because. Like, the sheriff just didn't feel connected to, like, the general overarching themes of everything else. Um, also, yeah. like, it just kind of felt like his things... Like, I would love to hear more about his story, but, like, the pieces we were given of it just didn't make me care. Yeah, they really only put him in the movie, like, what, three times? Yeah. And you don't really get a whole lot out of it. Like, if we had seen more of him, like, in the beginning... Like, I guess you you do technically see him the fourth time in the very beginning. Yeah. Not, not the very, very beginning, but, like, when his dad does what he does and yeah. he gets right home with the police, that's who it is. But, like, you don't really get a whole lot on him. Until but he becomes time. crucial. Right. And, like, the next time you see him, you get a little bit more, but it's mm-hmm. already been a really fucking long time. And then, yeah. like... The next two times you see him, it's just like really, really quick, and you don't you don't really get a whole lot of meat out of it. So I, I think you're on to something. I wish maybe one more scene or like a little more something. Um, I don't know. Yeah, same with the serial killer couple. I wish like we kind of got the me- the dude's um, reasoning. He like dead people. He, that's he was a fucking freak. He was a sicko, pervert. 
like a, yeah. but not like it's okay to be a pervert but like not don't be a serial killer pervert like do whatever the fuck you want <laughs> like we said but like not okay don't do every, whatever the fuck you want I'm gonna shut you know what I mean um, this is a heavy movie everybody it is but like <laughs> I would love to know the reasoning why I, I just looked up her name Charlotte was involved like we don't get much on her character either Sandy um, oh Sandy who's Charlotte then Sandy you're right Sandy um, Charlotte is uh, Bill Skarsgård's wife Okay, yes. Um, I would love to know her motivation, why she's doing this, or anything about her, other than... I, I just... She didn't have a complex character, which she should have been. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, her whole motivation was that she liked Carl. And that's not a great... That was the <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah. so that's why, that's why I'm saying, like, they're juggling a lot, but they didn't land every... Like, if they're juggling, like, they probably, like, f- fumbled a little bit. Um, sure. She feels uh, almost like a character that was thrown in there for the sole purpose of um, connecting the making, sheriff. Yeah, making Arvin the catalyst for the sheriff, which is something that we is like weak. But like that, those two storylines being weak doesn't take away from Tom Holland's character's arc being so fucking strong. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so he plays it really well. It's emotionally driven, mm-hmm. and. and I, tale that i noticed that i only noticed on a second watch through so i I don't notice i don't know if you even thought about it but i didn't even think about it till i saw it um the first time tom holland goes to the church to meet the new preacher with the chicken livers and his that seems oh yes not yeah 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 so when they get out of the car she says to him the hat you know better Mm -hmm. and he takes it off and he leaves it in the car and he never fucking wears that hat again to church until he goes there to meet robert pattinson and yeah, that's why Robert Pattinson didn't recognize him in the hat. And the yeah. the first couple times I watched this movie, like that was just like a fleeting detail. You know, he just took his hat off before church. Not a big deal. Um, and then he just came in wearing the hat, and I was like, okay, shit's getting real, you know. But now it's like he had been to church several times up yeah. until that point, and it was kind of like you know, in your mind, you might be like, well, why? How did he not recognize him? But it's because of his grandma. Yeah, no, it, and I think the church scene, the like ending church scene, is so good. The like everything in that storyline, I think, hits its mark. Um, mm. Something also I thought was fantastic is that they actually shot this on thirty-five millimeter, um, which gave it its look, and I think its look was really good. Um, I th- yeah, I agree. I have no complaining about the cinematography or th- anything. I had some good cinematography. It had a nice style to it. Um, I think it was- they- all the way up until like the last 30 minutes felt a little rushed through yeah. the end um, yeah um, I think so it tried to do the Pulp Fiction thing which mm-hmm. a lot of movies have tried to do Pulp Fiction it's hard to compare to Pulp Fiction does the multiple storylines mat- matching up perfectly um, so what they try to do was narratively a hard thing to do mm-hmm. like um, but it's also like a risk to take because if some storylines are weaker than the others and they end up do matching, it's like, like I did could not care if the sheriff died or not, which he does, and like that felt like it should have been an emotional time. But like I literally did not care. I just, it just, it, I felt like there was no connection there. Um, but other than that, I really like the movie. I would recommend it only. Okay, there's a caveat to recommending this movie. I think um, this movie is incredibly dark. Very dark. I think it comes with a disclaimer if we're gonna recommend it. 
<laughs> yeah, if you're going to recommend this to your friends or you want to get together with your friends and watching it, like, you have to let them know. It's dark. It, there's suicide. Um, there's pretty much rape. Um, there's mutilation of animals. Um, there's mutilation of humans. It, it's, it's really a mess. It's it's dark. It's a very dark movie. Uh, so I guess I can't recommend this to everyone. Um, rec I recommend this to someone who is interested in watching something incredibly dark it is a downer there is no happy moments in the end there is no it's a doom and gloom it's After a doom the... and gloom yeah no there's like the happiest moment is when bill skarsgård meets his wife everything else in the movie is awful it's a downer not awful like the movie is awful but it's just all bad yeah um so um, that's I my say... recommendation uh in regards to uh you know our previous podcasts yeah whereas last week i set up and down like i just want to i already said this but like i'm just gonna say it again because it makes sense in my brain yeah last week train to busan was a movie that said everything i needed to say with well sometimes saying nothing at all this yep. is a movie that says everything it needs to say literally yeah when sometimes <laughs> it doesn't need to <laughs> a little bit too much sometimes to yeah. the point where it can be a little bit overbearing but you know it does its characters really tell the story yeah uh, versus train to busan like our characters did tell the story but it was more through their actions and and like less verbally in mm -hmm. this it's a bit of both our characters are telling the story literally and um their actions are obviously doing very much of the work. Oh, absolutely. I will have to say, I, I do want to read this book now. I'm interested yeah, in how I it compares. Yeah, I thinking something similar, because uh, I did that with... Um, Color Out of Space? Color Out of Space as well, and I was thinking about checking out the audiobook for this. Could be interesting. Um, yeah, it looks... I think I think it would be good. I think I think I'd like to learn a little bit more about these characters. Oh, blue! I will definitely do that at the beginning of the podcast. I'll I'll probably say something in the beginning, a disclaimer up front. In a, um, yeah. I so yeah. That is um the devil all the time. It's on Netflix. Well, I'll be happy if you do read or listen to the book because that will have meant that you coaxed me into watching a film that I later took yeah. the source material from and digested it that way, and I will have pointed you in the same direction. Exactly. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's cool that friends can make friends consume yeah. new media and in new ways. Read more books, folks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so this is the last part of the podcast where uh, we use – the fans you all wonderful people you guys have voted on how we have to remake this movie and it is a remake i think every episode has been a remake maybe i remove a remake next week people don't like our movies so <laughs> yeah i guess uh, we never get a sequel or prequel but uh we got three votes for a remake and then the genre is fantasy which i think is very interesting hmm interesting so I think it would actually translate into fantasy pretty easy. Mm -hmm. um, my thoughts, uh, like all the time, we kind of break down what the movies are about at its core. The movie is about violence. 
of violence begots violence, begots violence, violence. It's a downward slope. Violence happens, more violence happens. You can talk about generationally. And the second thing is the pious are not the, always the best. They are sometimes the most evil. You can translate into that into a fantasy world, I think, pretty easy. Think, my thought immediately goes to like a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Um, like <laughs> the idea of a church being evil is it's something done in fantasy all the time, especially if there's magic involved. Um, along with that, you could probably like how I would start this is if it's a remake, I'd probably want to do the same storyline, except your the father isn't coming home from World War II; he's coming home from fighting for the king or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you come back, you have a child. He's gifted the sword instead of the gun later on. Mm-hmm. Um, Chekhov's sword. Yeah, exactly. Chekhov's <laughs> gun was very prominent in this so, this movie. Um, <laughs> everyone who don't know Chekhov's gun pretty much just says if there is an item that is pretty much in a movie and focused on that it will eventually have importance. It's called Chekhov's gun. Because the states, if there's a gun, it will be shot in the movie. We it see, happens pretty much every time. We see this Chechov's gun in every fucking act of this movie. <laughs> yeah. So obviously it's going to get shot, and it does. Yeah. Um. So we have this... So I think fantasy is so easy, Um. especially the whole like religious angle in the first act where um, the dad m- mutilates the dog. It's probably one of the most disturbing scenes I've seen in a very long time. Um, yeah. I, I guess in the book, he actually starts by doing, like, people, which is crazy. That's why I kind of want to read the book. It seems like it's even darker. Um, and then I think it would be really easy to translate into fantasy. Uh, like, I'm thinking, like, Renaissance, medieval, kind of. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, well, somebody said everything the same, but everyone are ants. <laughs> That would also kind of work. I mean, you could... The thing is, this is character-driven, so you could really replace it, like... This... Well, I was gonna say, I almost like, instead of ants, sort of like, uh... Uh, whoa, man, now I can't think of the name of that book. You know the one, though. Mouse? With... Yes, Mouse. Holy I think shit. That, that would be really neat if the writers of Mouse did the storyboarding... Uh, Art Spiegelman. Art Spiegelman. Go on, alright, Art, email me. I got some great ideas for you. Mr. Spiegelman is going to write a storyboard about the devil all the time with mice, and uh, instead of a gun, it'll be like a like a drink sword. Yeah. Yeah. With for like those who don't know, uh, Mouse is a graphic novel about the Holocaust. Yes, but instead of people, it uses mice to tell the story. Yes. Um, Exactly, which is, it's a really good graphic novel because it does show the horrors of the Holocaust and still shows the character, but by removing them, by making the Nazis cats, uh, the cats, are, the the, uh, the Jewish people are mouse, mice, mouses. Um, I'm not saying they are. That's what's in the graphic novel. Just, no, don't, yeah. Um, um, but anyway, I think you're right. I think you could replace the characters, if it's fantasy, with animals or some other substitute. I think that an iteration of this story in that way, converted to film, of course. Yeah. You know, with mice, kind of like uh Could be animated. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And like keep keep the same cast. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're all so great. But this is what you do, right? You take the same movie, like that same passion, 
That same, like, blood, sweat, and tear, the grit that all these fine folks put into this fucking amazing film. And you just let them do it. And then animate the movie around their, like, gritty voices. Yeah. Because, like, carry that with you. And, uh, you know, that, that some of the stuff in this movie is just played really well. And I think to change it would be an injustice. So just animate over what's already there <laughs> with mice. And you have a wonderful fantasy version of this that's maybe a little more palatable, but probably not. Yeah, no, I feel, I, yeah, maybe, well, I feel like it would even be, like, more worse, more worse, worse if it was, yeah. like, cartoons, um, a Disney princess type, um, if this was a Disney princess fantasy-like oh, movie. Jeez. I mean, rough. you, I'm not gonna say it can't be done, because some of the, um, folk tales that Disney does are fucking horrific. That's true, they <laughs> But are they have kidified are. them. Yeah, most of them are based in something pretty, pretty not good. Pretty evil and pretty yeah. brutal and gruesome. Ants, but everything is futuristic. So like ants are walking around with turrets mounted to their back. That's not fantasy. That's sci-fi. <laughs> Get with the problem. <laughs> uh, but if we're doing Disney at Disney fantasy style of the devil all the time, um, obviously there's no shooting or anything. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the the parents can still die. This is a Disney movie, so they're gonna die anyway. <laughs> Disney movie. Um, yeah, I feel like you gotta kind of like, if you take the bad guy from um, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Okay. Yeah. He's like actually a very terrifying like religious. Wait, the Hunchback of Notre Dame kind of has the same oh, theme. Oh boy. Uh, violence begots violon- violence, and that the religious, the pious, are not are usually the most evil. <laughs> righteousness. Yeah, dude, that movie is kind of terrifying if you watch yeah, it. Yeah, it honestly is. It's pretty fucked up. It, um, it used to be my favorite when I was a kid. It says a lot about I'm me. Uh, Alice in Wonderland, which also says a lot about me. You could also do Alice in Wonderland, the, the What's devil, the, all the time. Sci-fi is a fancy word for fantasy. That's a different podcast. Science bro. fiction is different than fantasy. <laughs> that's a different podcast. Yeah. Um, fa- I honestly, I think that's the good thing about this movie, though, is it's not based. So okay, I'm I'm not gonna say that because I think the Appalachian, the Appalachia is very important to the story mm-hmm. but the characters are more important than the world around them that you That's can true. take them out and put them in a more fantasy world more brutal world yeah um, I mean, honestly instead of you know replacing what we already have with uh animation why don't we just pluck the same exact characters and cast out and just put them in a fantasy world exactly like, like you said like a D environment like it's so perfect like they they just did so well with their roles and the the characters are written really well Mm -hmm. so i imagine i could be wrong here but i mean i think both of us are going to end up reading and or listening to this book i have a feeling a lot of options in this book are going to be heavily character based not as much setting based yeah i mean it does go into detail in the beginning about knock stiff and stuff and uh, i West Virginia. Yeah, but, like, I don't really know how much more you need to say other than what was already said in the film. Like, beyond that, the characters are what carry the story. Where they are is almost completely irrelevant. 
and, and not to mention it only takes place really in three places right and at, like yeah the highway and um the cities it's, in between need knock em stiff and uh uh the other place Co- uh coal creek yeah yeah and the highways that connect them that's it yeah and they're all within like 150 miles of each other. So like in a, in a, and when I say that's it, I mean like in a book setting, this guy has to like vaguely describe three areas where these people are from, because like what really carries them is what they're doing, what they're going through. Absolutely. I I agree. Um, book holds. It'll be, it'll be good. And yeah. Anything else about fantasy, uh, the devil all the time. Crossbows crossbows swords um you could have the same brutality yeah definitely definitely the same brutality if not escalated which is kind of interesting that it kind of shows you that this movie is kind of like the ideas are very timeless you could really place this in any time and like the Uh, whole ideas are still there it's funny because before the the term period piece had come to my mind and it didn't stick it'd been like dancing around and now you just you you nailed it timeless it is like you you really can put it anywhere throughout time and it's like it's kind of makes sense you could tell that story modern day it's that story's being told modern day exactly um told in the past i mean is it's violence generational violence and religious issues are here forever they don't Mm go away um yeah, I can't think of anything else to think say about how we could ruin this movie. Um, I think, <laughs> I think it's strong how it is. So I think like all the our ideas are not making the movie better. <laughs> I think the movie in Appalachia is great. Um, yeah, it's a good setting for it. But yeah, um, all right. So that's the end of the podcast. Uh, next week uh, we are going to watch a movie that I haven't seen yet either, but I'm choosing oh. it. Have I not um, it seen- is. Yeah, I'm guessing you have not seen it either. Um, it is an Italian film from the 60s. Um, the reason I'm picking this movie is I've always... It's always been in the background of every... Uh, like, my schooling and when I'm... Like, indie film and stuff. Um, it, it's a movie I've always wanted to watch. And I'm picking it this week because so far... The last movies we've been picking have, like, been pulled from, like, our discussions of the week and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the godfather we are not watching the godfather i i was <laughs> i was i was going to do something again more like crime themed but I, I think after watching wandavision i want to watch a film that explores the idea of filmmaking and television as a way to tell a story does that make sense you know like how wandavision uses sitcoms in the yeah. first half Sure. Um, so the movie I'm picking is called Eight and a Half. Um, it's actually the number Eight and a Half. It is a film by Federico Fellini. It is an Italian film. So for those who hated the subtitles of Train to Busan, we're about to do subtitles and black and white movie. Um, it is a film about a director trying to create a film, um, but things are going bad for him, and there's a lot of dream like sequences of him in like film it's very surreal it's surreal like wandavision was in the beginning um that is why i'm picking that it is called eight and a half you can find it on amazon prime and other places cool oh like i said i have not watched it but i've only ever heard good things about it and i've seen 
parts of it that are really interesting. I think it would be interesting to compare that to WandaVision. Can I can I make a caveat? Yeah. Can only watch it once. Okay. I'm cool with that. Cool. Cool. Yeah, we'll watch it once and we'll talk about it. Because I don't normally do like I guess like quote unquote analysis. Yeah. <laughs> on the first watch. Usually That's fair. So I think it'll be fun to do it that way. Try to yeah. mix it up in my mind a little bit. You just had to do it this week, so I think it'll Yeah, be- I'm totally fine. I'm like I'm cool with going forward all movies we just watch it once. And then we talk about it. I'll probably watch it again. The Godfather is a good choice, but I that's a long movie. It is. I actually just recently over the summer watched it. I still haven't seen it. So good. So long. Um, um this yeah. one's two and a half hours. I mean two and two hours and eighteen minutes, so I think it's around the same time. Um so that is the next time, eight and a half. It's an Italian surrealist comedy. Um it should be good. I'm excited. Um I was gonna either do that or blue velvet, but um because Blue Velvet kind of has this whole like strange American violence to it, but yeah. uh, that seems like a lot of very dark doom and gloom for two weeks in a row. <laughs> Even though Blue Velvet is one of my favorite movies, so yeah, we're gonna be watching Eight and a Half. They'll be next week. Come here our analysis on Italian art house, um, a movie. I, I, it's just, I've heard it's good, so it'll be fun. Uh, yeah, I think it won a bunch of like Oscars too, so it's still mainstream enough that it won't be like it's still accessible right um yeah so that is ruining movies i hope you guys enjoyed it um this was a long one it was full of content um next week i don't think it will be as packed because there's no like wandavision finale or coming to america coming out i can't really think of anything i'm currently making my way through man in the high castle and i might just have a lot of shit to talk about because okay i've only seen uh season one of it but i can definitely talk about it i can definitely talk about philip k dick I'm only on episode two, and I just I just finished it, and it is yeah. been, it's been really good. I mean, I love Philip K. Dick, so anything he wrote, I like. So um, I keep saying I, name, but I just keep hearing Dick. Tell me more. Uh, Blade Runner, Total Recall. Okay. Okay. Um, is he like? Does he direct this? He's the author. He's oh, oh. probably the most influential science fiction director i mean author of all time he wrote do androids dream of electric sheep which is blade runner the man in the high castle ubik a scanner darkly that's so fucking cool i did not know that That minority report total recall that makes me way 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 more interested in this that is very cool thank you yeah he's one of my favorite authors of all time he's probably the most important science fiction author too of the last 100 years um so we'll have to do blade runner eventually um i've never seen it all the way through oh hell yeah then we'll definitely do it eventually um all right so that's it i know i have nothing else to say let's do some plugs shane where can they where can the fine people find you i'm live right now and uh some slash most days at 6 p.m you can catch me live at twitch.tv slash bring the shane i also have another pretty awesome super serious way less funny on the line yeah okay podcast that i sort of am a co-host of sometimes with Zach who really runs the show yes um is that it anything else yeah that's all I got I ain't famous okay uh yeah so um name's Zach hi um you can find me also live right now at twitch.tv slash um I'm live uh Tuesdays Thursdays Fridays Saturdays sometimes Mondays um you can all, you're probably also listening to this on my YouTube channel, so you can check out my other videos while you're here. 
Uh, I do have another podcast called Survival Check that Shane was just talking about. Uh, we co-host it. It is about the monsters of the Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition Monster Manual. It is a fun time. It is not serious at all. <laughs> it is It is a blast. It is very funny. If you like D&D, check it out. I think you'd like it. You can find that on all places. Uh, you listen to the podcast. It's with iTunes. Um, soon, this will also be on Spotify. So you can listen to this instead of just watching it on my YouTube channel. So that's cool. Um, but that's it, everybody. I hope you enjoyed what we had to say. If you want to be part of the discussion, if you can... Catch us live on Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, join one of our chats. Uh, we would love to hear what your takes on the movies we're talking about or the news of the day. You can also vote on what kind of I what we're gonna make of that movie that we like. Um, like this tonight was a remake fantasy of the devil all the time. Uh, who knows what we're gonna make eight and a half and do. Um, but that is it, everybody. We are out of here. I hope you guys have a good rest of the week. Uh, be excellent to each other, everyone in Twitch chat. We are also going to be playing Portal after this, so come check that out, too. Bye, everyone. Bye.